0: Uh, if you have a Bible with you today, I want to invite you to find 1 Kings chapter 19. Alright, 1 Kings chapter 19. Uh, and we are going to get to that a little bit later here. Normally, we kind of jump into that pretty quickly at the beginning. Uh, that's actually going to be something we talk and look at a little bit more towards the end. Okay, because the story that we're looking at this week is one that we are going to kind of carry through through the next few weeks. So, I believe that today... What we are talking about really matters. I think this is incredibly important. And we want to be a church uh, that talks about things that are relevant to your life. Okay, like you are living your life, there are things going on, and there are times where you can go to a church and they talk about different things and you're like, okay, what does that matter for my life this week? Like, that's great, I agree with that, but how am I supposed to do anything with that? So we want to be uh, a church that talks about things that matter, okay? And we don't want to shy away from topics that are hard. Uh, we want to make sure that when you come to church, you feel like you are being equipped so that you can deal with what you have to face as you walk out these doors, okay? And, and I've heard too many people say things like, uh, the Bible isn't relevant or church is outdated. And honestly, uh, I think sometimes they might be right only in the fact that maybe what they think of the Bible or the church isn't relevant. And I put some of this responsibility on pastors who are speaking to their churches. It is it is our job as pastors to be spending time listening to God, spending time in prayer, following His leading, uh, and just... Following his guidance of like, what is it that we need to be talking about? So, if someone feels like church isn't relevant to their life, then the pastor needs to be asking the question Am I teaching the Bible in a way that has an impact on people's lives? All right, am I trying to make sure that the Bible is being presented in a way that makes sense and is applicable to our 21st century lives? And Jesus was actually the master of this. He taught scriptural truths about God and God's kingdom, and he did it in a way that made sense to his audience. One of the main ways that he taught was something called parables. And parables were simply put, just kind of stories that made sense to the people of that day. He would take what was going on in culture and he would, he would make a story out of that to teach a lesson. And this is why we see so many things uh, from like first century farming and and things like that. So some of these parables, they they still make really perfect sense to us today. Others, we have to understand their culture a little bit more to really grasp what is happening in the parable because he is using the context of their day as he tells these stories. All right, but I want to be a church, I want to be a pastor that talks about things that you're dealing with in your life. And right now in our world, uh, especially Especially following the past couple of years, I think one of the biggest topics that people are dealing with is mental health. All right, mental health, and this isn't new, but but this is at a level which is impacting uh, just a much greater number, and the sheer number of people is impacting just seems to be growing and growing and growing. So we are starting a series today called "Out of the Cave," out of the cave. All right, and I have a, uh, a lot that I want to cover today, so I want to jump in. Uh, if you open up to First Kings, again, you can probably even kind of take that and set it to the side or put a bookmark in there. We are going to get to that, uh, but we're going to do that uh, shortly here in a little bit. So uh, let's do this. Let's stand together. If you're willing, if you're able, would you stand with us? Um, you know, Topics like this can be difficult, uh, and these are moments when, when saying something in the wrong way can actually cause a lot more damage to somebody. Who is maybe dealing with this. And so I just want to uh, kind of selfishly right now even pray that, uh, that God would just guide uh, the words and just our hearts this morning. So would you just join with me right now? Uh, Jesus, we just ask, Lord, for your, your grace in this time. God, I ask that your words would come through. Your words would be clear. God, that when, when there's words that I say that maybe don't make sense or they land wrong or they, they seem to kind of hit us in a different way and we, we don't like that, Lord, I pray that we would just be able to have grace and we would be looking for your voice in the midst of all of this. Jesus, we ask that in your name. Amen. All right, you guys can have a seat. So as I said, we are going to talk about mental health in this series, uh, but we're definitely going to talk about more than just that, and not everything will probably be inside the box uh, that we typically think of mental health in, okay? So I actually want to start by talking about physical health, all right? Uh, How many in the room would say that right now you are in peak physical condition, okay? Put your hand up right now. You are like, I am, I'm there, I have arrived. I'm at peak physical condition. Anybody? Anybody? Okay, are we? yeah, all right. Okay, most of us in the room, were like, <laughs> no. That, I, I don't know if I've ever been able to make that statement. Right? Okay, and, and you know, that, that's not a question that we probably often in the positive, like we answer in the positive very often, okay? Now, what is it that goes into that answer? Well, we could be thinking, um, okay, like about specific ailments that maybe we have. Like, if you have a broken leg, you probably aren't saying, I'm in peak physical condition. I'm ready to go run a marathon. Right? Like, you have a broken leg. Uh, if you just got into a car accident, and you have scratches all over, and your back hurts, and your neck hurts, you got whiplash, like, you aren't going to say that you are in peak physical health. Alright? Or if you live with some type of ailment, like, if you have uh, heart problems, or you have heart disease, or, or maybe high cholesterol, or high blood pressure, like, you probably wouldn't say, I'm in peak physical condition. For me, I have type 1 diabetes, okay, and and I can try to get into shape, but no matter how much working out I do, my pancreas is dead. All right, like there's no amount of sit-ups or push-ups or anything like that that I can do that is going to cause my pancreas to come back to life. Like I, my pancreas is dead. I'm diabetic. It just is what it is. So there might be things like that, Uh, that are more long-term ailments that we have in our body, or we might have more temporary ailments, you know, even just kind of like a broken arm that might heal um, and things like that. We might have diseases that we live with, but there's another side of physical health uh, that would just be kind of like what we do from the day to day, all right? Like, what does our diet look like? Are we eating healthy? Like, do we think about that right now, okay? Like, I know you're like, please, I'm I'm not going to make you raise your hand or anything, but just, just think about this. Like, where are you at in this process right now? Or how active are you? Like, do you get out and do things? Are, are, are you moving around? Or do you just live that very inactive lifestyle? Like, are you drinking enough water? Okay, I know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I am not. Because the amount of water you're supposed to drink seems absolutely ridiculous. Okay, it's something like twice your body weight in ounces or something. Like, I remember hearing that and you're like, are you kidding me? Like, that's why, like, those camelbacks became so popular. People are just trying to, they're like, if I have a straw in my mouth at all times, maybe when I breathe, I'll just get a little bit of water in. Right? Like, they are just trying to get enough water. Or, okay, how about this one? Are you getting enough sleep? Like, we know, I know, right? Like, we know sleep is one of the most, sleep and water are, like, two of the most important things to our physical health. Okay, are you getting enough of those. All of these things matter, and they play into our physical health, okay? And I want us to think like this, okay? Think of this like a gauge with our physical health, okay? Where you kind of have these different levels of it, and at the top is like peak physical shape, and at the bottom is whatever the opposite of the peak is. Maybe a valley. I just chose a sad face, okay? (laughs) That's, I didn't really want to label it, because no one wants to be like, oh no, the label describes me, okay? So sad face, That's the bottom. All right? Um, Like, when you live an average life, and and then we we also have something that's just called the baseline. Okay? And baseline is this. Like, when you're an average person living an average life, you're not eating really unhealthy, you're not eating really healthy. You're not super inactive, but you're not super active. Like, you're just kind of living out the average life. Like, that is your baseline health. Okay? Your baseline health. All right? And then if you don't eat healthy, like, you will move down... That gauge, okay, like you started at your baseline, and you're like, now I'm going to eat like junk. Taco Bell opened in Sox Center, I drive by it on my way to work every day, now breakfast is Taco Bell, and now lunch is Taco Bell, and you're like, okay, it would need to move down further than one, okay, if we're being honest here. All right, but like if you don't eat healthy, you're gonna move down. If you aren't active, you're gonna move down. If you, like any of those things, it's gonna cause you to move down. Now, if you intentionally eat healthy, you are making sure you get enough sleep, you make sure you are active, your health is gonna move up. Okay, does that make sense to us? Like we're kind of tracking with this. All right, Uh, where you are in this changes. And I'm talking about physical health, because I think this is easy. We all are like, yeah, that makes sense. But there are some things as well that beyond just moving you up and down, uh, they can actually move your baseline. Like, as we age, I would say that our baseline for physical health might slowly lower a little. Okay, please, please don't be mad at me, anything like that, by making that statement. But I think, you know, I just, as... Okay, and I have to be careful as I say this. Is, as I've gotten older, I'm not saying that I'm old. As I've gotten older... Because people jump on you. If they're older than you and you say, I feel old, like, oh. All right, as I've gotten older, there are things that just, they aren't the same anymore. All right, and I remember, like, I I used to play soccer a lot, and I still kind of do. I remember my coach always telling me, you have to stretch out afterwards. You have to stretch out afterwards. And we're like, no, we don't. All right, we just keep doing this, and we're fine. I remember hitting the age when I'm like, oh, yes, I do. (laughs) Holy cow. I have to stretch out after I do anything active. All right, and like those things, like it changes as you do this. Except for that one lady that apparently found the secret to living long. She was like 95, and they interviewed her in like 60 minutes, and she's like, "I drink three Dr. Peppers a day." All right, I don't know what that is, but apparently for her it works, and she's living to be like 95. Okay, the rest of us, as we get older, our baseline might change. But if you have certain ailments or diseases, your baseline would drop. Like, where your starting spot is now kind of moves down. As a type 1 diabetic, my physical health baseline would be less, okay? Like, my starting point is worse off than someone who isn't diabetic. I have to work harder than a non-diabetic to be healthy. If you have heart disease, you are starting off a little bit behind compared to someone else who doesn't. And actually, the real difficult thing is this. Those little factors that impact everyone else's health, like not eating healthy, okay, uh, that would normally drop them maybe a notch or something. For a normal person, they might drop a little bit if they don't eat healthy. For me, as a diabetic, I am probably going to drop two notches if I don't eat healthy. If you have high cholesterol and you don't eat healthy, you are going to drop at a greater rate than someone who doesn't have that. Does that make sense? Like our baseline might drop, but it almost throws these like exponential growth or decline factors on there as well. Okay, like this is just kind of part of part of our life. Like my my baseline. Uh, is worse, and I just have to be aware of that. So, does this make sense? Are you guys tracking with me? I think this is pretty basic, and I think most of us would say, yeah, physical health makes sense to me. Okay, so what we need to understand is this. Mental health. Mental health really is the same thing. All right, Like, there aren't just some category of people, like, over here, where mental health is something they deal with, and nobody else does. And I think that, I, I have to say that, because for a long time, that's what it was. It was like, Oh, you have mental health things. We're going to put you over here. The rest of us, all, all the normal people, we don't deal with that. And, and I just, I don't find that to be true. Like, mental health is something uh, that everybody deals with. This isn't just about those people that maybe have been diagnosed or haven't been diagnosed, okay? We all have a category of physical health. We all have a category of mental health. And in mental health, there are certain situations or decisions that can affect Uh, where we are on that gauge. We can move up and down on that gauge, okay? If we isolate ourselves, it impacts our mental health, all right? Everybody uh, following COVID, like, agrees with this now, okay? They're like, yes, I remember that. That affected my mental health. If we choose to compare ourselves constantly to people around us, that will impact our mental health. If you lose someone that you love, that is going to impact your mental health, If you constantly are living with high stress, that will impact your mental health. Experiencing discrimination, uh, poverty and financial burdens, uh, having long-term physical ailments, all this can affect our mental health. All of these move us up and down the gauge. But then there are also some things that cause our baseline to move in mental health, just like in our physical health. There are people who have uh, a chemical imbalance, and this causes their baseline to become lower. And they're going to have to work harder. There are things from our past that can cause our baseline to change. Trauma and things from childhood can cause your baseline to drop. And the difference between our baseline changing and just us moving up and down this line uh, is, is kind of a lot more like baseline you'd almost say is a uh, more of a semi-permanent thing. It's not just situational things that are impacting you around you or your baseline is feeling like it, it, it has moved. Okay, and again, something that would negatively impact someone's mental health like isolation is going to have an exponential impact on someone dealing with mental health disorder. Okay, if their baseline is dropped, these other things that cause all of us to maybe move on that gauge are probably going to cause them to move at an even greater rate in this. Alright, I think too many people think of mental health as just something to be talked about with people who have been diagnosed or should be seeking, like, a, a diagnosis in this. Mental health, like physical health, affects all of us. All right, I know I'm spending a lot of time during a sermon on a Sunday morning to talk about this, but I think this is important. It it is important that we see mental health in the correct light. All right, it's important that we all understand, like, this is something that impacts you, it impacts me. Our society has done a disservice by pushing mental health into a dark corner. All right, like, we, we are right now reaping what we have sowed. I think it's important that we begin to see this in a new light, in a way where we aren't ashamed to talk about this, all right, where we don't feel less because of it. All right, so I want to do this quickly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share some fast facts about the state of mental health. If, if you maybe are sitting there and you're like, yeah, maybe I kind of agree with this, but I don't think mental health is that bad. Like, I want to share some of these things, okay? Uh, and I got all of these very easily from like fast fact or, or easy questions from uh, these places. National Alliance of Mental Illness... Okay, and that, that is like a massive, uh, like a website that is, that's where people go for this. Uh, mental Health America, which is a nonprofit started in 1909, that has been tracking this. Or the CDC, like website. Okay, so I'm not just like Googling, like, hey BuzzFeed, like how's mental health going in our country? Alright, like that's, that's not how you do this, okay? So I'm going to uh, organization websites, no dot-coms or anything like that, alright, and, and we're looking at this. So, one in five Americans will experience mental illness each year. One in five Americans. One in 20 will experience serious mental illness each year. And one in 25 live with serious illness, such as schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, or major depression. All right, and sometimes numbers like that, like we have a hard time quantifying it. Okay, so I'm going to do this. Based off of probably the number of people sitting in this room. All right, that would mean that 24 people in this room will experience mental illness this year. 24 people in this room. Six people in the room will experience serious mental illness. And five people in the room are, are living with this. Their baseline has been impacted. When it comes to kids and youth, one in six U.S. youth, aged 6 to 17, experience mental health disorder each year. 50% of all lifetime mental illness begins by age 14, and 75% by age 24. Like, this is something that happens when we're young. Like, this, it it starts there often. Suicide is the second leading cause of death for those that are 10 to 14 years old. And it's the third leading cause of death among those aged 15 to 24. 46% of people who die by suicide had a diagnosed mental health condition. 90%, though, of people who die by suicide may have experienced symptoms of a mental health condition, according to interviews with family, friends, and medical professionals, or like a psychological autopsy. Mood disorders are the most common cause of hospitalization for all people under the age 45, behind when you remove, like people going to the hospital for babies, for having a baby. If you remove that, mood disorders, number one. 70% of youth in the juvenile justice system have a diagnosable mental health condition. On the topic of incarceration and mental health, I recently attended a conference and went to a breakout. They were talking about mental health court. It's kind of like drug court, but it's specifically for people that are are dealing with mental health, and it's amazing. There's only three of them in our state. St. Louis County, Ramsey County, Hennepin County. And as they were talking about this, they shared some things. They said 65% of inmates have a mental health disorder. There are three times more people with mental health disorders in jails than are in hospitals. And the three largest public health facilities in the U.S. are all jails. Rikers Island, uh, one outside of Chicago, and I can't remember the third. They had shared those as I was sitting in this room. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is crazy. 8.4% of active component service members in the U.S. military experience mental health or substance use condition in 2019. And 15.3% of U.S. veterans experienced a mental health illness in 2019. This is massive. Like, we need to be talking about this. As a society, but we need to be talking about this as believers, we need to be talking about this as churches, like, this is, this is something that, that matters for us. And, and that physical issue, like, I, I think, like, this is something that we, we have to understand. And physical health and mental health are linked okay, physical health and mental health, they absolutely correlate with each other. People with depression have a 40% higher risk of developing cardiovascular and metabolic diseases than the general population. People with serious mental illness are nearly twice as likely to develop these conditions. When you aren't doing well physically, it affects you mentally. When you aren't doing well mentally, it affects you physically. I've dealt with depression at various times in my life. All right, and it's happened for various reasons at different times. But most recently, uh, I ended up breaking out, this was back in May, in hives kind of on my body. And I had like full body hives, okay? And this will happen to people every once in a while. You have an allergic reaction, something like that. Your body resets and they go away. um, And for the most part, you're fine, all right? For me, um, they lasted about four months of constant hives that I was dealing with, just kind of full body hives. So as I was up here preaching, leading, like, uh, some of you guys, you knew this, because, you know, we had talked about it or something, but, like, I just was constantly, I was constantly itchy, I was constantly in pain, all these things for four months, all right? Um, and that this is not a very big thing. I'm not saying this to be like, oh, you know, poor me. Like, there are people in this room, I know you are dealing with much worse things than that. But what I'm saying here is, over those four months, my mental health absolutely slid and slid and slid. And you can ask my wife, and she will be the first one to say this. Like, anyone who was close to me during that time could see this happening. The physical things that were happening to my body were having a mental impact on me. All right? And I actually, really cool thing, uh, I'm about, like, three weeks right now of no hives, which is amazing. Like, it's been a totally cool thing. I'm done, like, writing it on my prayer card every single week. Okay, so that's awesome. Uh, And and I feel my mental health getting better, but I'm not there yet. Like, I know that. I'm still not there. All right. And that physical issue played out more mentally than it did physically, for me to be honest. Now, as believers, we believe that not only does our mental and physical health correlate and impact each other, but our spiritual health does as well. Our spiritual health is in this. All three of these are linked together in a way that we cannot separate. All right. When one is struggling, it will impact the others. We need, to be, we need to care about, like, where we are at. When we struggle spiritually, all right, the other two are going to struggle. When we are having a hard time mentally, at least for me, then I have a hard time wanting to spend time with God. When my mental health is not doing well, I'm not, like, great, I'd love to go pray and read my Bible right now. Like, it struggles. When I am feeling, like, just yuck physically, I don't always want to get up and worship. Like, they, they are linked together because we were created to be this, like, whole being. So these are linked together. And let me say this, though, because I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea. Uh, What I am not saying is this, that if you deal with a mental health disorder in your life, that you are lesser spiritually. I'm absolutely not saying that. Okay, I am saying that if you are in a rough season with your mental health, it will probably cause your spiritual life to be more difficult for you. You're going to have to work harder at your spiritual life. The same way, as a diabetic, I have to work harder at my physical life. Alright, like, you're going to have to work harder at it. And if you are struggling in your spiritual life, you are probably more likely to struggle with keeping your mental health in good shape. Alright, so let's, let's quickly do this. I know you're like, we haven't even gotten to the Bible. I'm going to do this quick, okay? Uh, today is about laying the groundwork for this series, and today is incredibly important. We're going to spend a few weeks uh, going through this topic, looking at different things, looking at some things that can cause us to slip and, and become worse, looking at some things that can maybe help us in this, all right? Uh, but I want us to open up to First Kings 19, uh, and I am going to read this story here, and we are going to look at it more in depth over the next few weeks, so I'm not really going to focus on this a whole lot today. All right, this is the story of Elijah, a prophet of God, and he does all these miraculous, like, big things, okay? Elijah is, is an important guy. Okay, like there's a moment in Jesus' ministry, he goes up on the mountain, it's called the Transfiguration, and he's there, and his face begins to glow, and all these things, and all of a sudden, two people who are dead show up with Jesus, and they're talking to him, and a couple disciples are there watching this, and it's Moses, and it's Elijah, okay, it's not King David, it's not Abraham, it's not Adam, it's not all these other people that it could have been, it is Moses, and it's Elijah, so Elijah's kind of like a big deal here, All right, he's one of the big names. And right before what we're about to read, there's a story that um, you maybe have heard before. If you went through Sunday school, and it is Elijah going toe-to-toe with 450 prophets of Baal. All right, Uh, And basically, a little bit earlier, he had prayed, he said, The the king, you're wicked. Uh, Rain is not going to come on this land. It had been three and a half years since it had rained, because Elijah prayed this. And he goes up and he says, Okay, all of you guys are walking away from God. You're worshiping Baal. Okay, we are going to decide right now who the real God is. You 450, you build an altar, you put a bull on it, I'm going to build an altar, I'm going to kill and put a bull on it, and then we both are going to pray to our gods, and whichever one of these is burned up by God, normally you would burn the sacrifice, he's like, we are not going to burn it, our God is going to burn it. So you pray that your God burns it, I'll pray that mine does. And these 450 prophets, they spend all day praying and singing and chanting and cutting themselves and all these ritualistic things. And Elijah actually starts to make fun of them. He actually starts to, like, trash talk them a little bit. He's like, oh, maybe your God's sleeping. You need to shout louder. Maybe your God's in the bathroom. You know, and he's, like, he's seriously, like, taunting these guys. So they go all day. Nothing happens. Elijah then, he digs a trench around his altar, and he says, okay, bring, bring four big jars of water and pour them over my bowl and my wood and my stone and do this three times. He's got 12 big jars of water. How many of you guys know if you want to start a fire Usually you want dry wood, right? Okay, so this thing is soaking wet, and actually the trench that he dug around is filled up with water. And he prays out loud, and immediately, fire from heaven comes flying down, burns up the bull, burns up the wet wood, burns up the stone, and actually even says it burns up the dust, incinerates this thing, vaporizes it, and burns up the water that's in the trench. Like, this is what happens. And following that, he like has this whole thing, he's like, All right, God is real, yours is not, and he and he has all of those other 450 prophets killed. And then he goes and he prays that it would rain, and it rains. Like, this is a huge moment. How many of you guys are like, that would be crazy to be part of that? Big God moment. Okay, this is what happens right before the passage that we are reading today. Okay, so here's the passage: When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel, this is his wife, Ahab is the evil king, Jezebel even more evil wife, okay? Tells Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah, may the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. Uh, that's, That's a death threat, okay? That's a pretty obvious death threat. Verse 3, Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Then he laid down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again, touched him, and said, Get up and eat some more, or the journey ahead of you will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. And the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. All right, there's so much in this story, so many things happening and we will dive into this in the future weeks. Like, I'm actually really excited to do that. Okay, but this is all we need for today, right here. This is what we need to first realize with this story. Even one of the biggest Old Testament prophets of God struggled with his mental health. That's what we see. Even the man set apart to speak on behalf of God to God's chosen people went through some nasty depression here saying, God, just kill me. I I don't even want to be alive. And there's a pastor that wrote a book about uh, this story with Elijah. And and talking about mental health. And it's actually, we kind of stole the title of his book for the title of our series. Called Out of a Cave. All right, Uh, If you want to read it, go for it. Like, it's a great book that's going to go in depth. uh, Probably more than what we will on some of this. But we're going to look at this passage and this story. But Elijah has this amazing, spiritually high moment. Just crazy story of fire and rain and everything. And from there, he goes physically into a cave, isolates himself, and really mentally he goes into a cave as well. And this isn't the only time or only story we see in the Bible where someone is struggling with mental health. All right, And that that should be encouraging to us. And I, lo- I love that Elijah is still one of the guys that shows up with Jesus. That this didn't discount him, uh, like what he did uh, or his ministry, it didn't discount any of that. Or how God wanted to use him. All right, let's do this. I want to close. Let's stand together as we get ready to close here. All right, so this, like I said, this is an intro into this series. All right, and I probably kind of blasted through some of that fast. All right, if if you're somebody you want to go back and you want to get some of those statistics, you want to hear some of those things, whatever that would look like. Um, I want to encourage you. Uh, you can go back and you can, you can listen to this later online on our website, anything like that. All right. Um, but today, today is about making us aware, about opening our eyes a little. All right. Trying to get us on the same page and really trying to remove any stigma or unhealthy feelings that we have surrounding mental health. Alright, so that in the next few weeks, as we look at some specific reasons for a decline in our mental health, uh, we can look at some ways to help with this, that we can be in a place where we're ready to hear that, to receive that, and hopefully even to create some change that is in our lives. Alright, and with that, understand this. Like, th- there are some Christians that would say uh, that this is completely a spiritual thing. And you just need to pray about it, you need to have greater faith, or whatever that would be. Um, I'm going to say this, like that is not my stance on this. Alright, that's not my stance on this. I don't see anything scripturally that would support like a sweeping claim like that. There are some things that I think we can do to help. Alright, now there are times where we need to make sure that we are walking with a professional who can equip us to handle this. And there are times where medication might be needed to help balance some things out inside of us. Alright, and this is, this is about being healthy and using all the tools at our disposal. And yes, absolutely, prayer is a massive, and I would say probably the biggest one of all of those. All right, the, the hard thing in this series is gonna be not going too heavy one side or the other here. Prayer's massive, this is huge, okay? But we can't just say that that is all that it is, all right? Prayer's not the only tool that's at our disposal. So maybe when you walked in the doors today, you came in feeling like uh, you're just at the end of your rope, that you don't really know what else to do. You aren't sure where to turn next. Maybe your mental health is at an all-time low, or you previously went through a season that was that was really hard and you have a feeling that you could be heading back into that or you could move in that direction again. All right? Or maybe you have a loved one that's going through this. So here's what I want us to do. I want us to be, to be open and ready to walk through this together. All right? And, and with that, I want to just take one moment here and do this with eyes closed in this room. All right? I, I want to know how many of us, and I'll say this even beforehand, my hand will absolutely be up right now, okay? How many of us in the room would say, I probably need to focus on my mental health a little bit more. I'm not in a great place, and I need to figure this out. I need to begin to focus on God. I need to focus on my mental health. I need to i need to get this figured out. How many of you guys, by raising hands, would say, that's where I'm at? Yep, yeah, a lot, a lot. And here's the hard thing. Every single person that just raised their hand in the room, there's probably different things, different situations than the person next to you that raised their hand that you're dealing with. There is no one size fits all. Here's the formula. Let's figure this out and be great. All right, but what we want to do is we want to take some time and we want to walk through this together. All right, we want to walk through this together. I want to pray over us and then we're gonna dismiss, and I want us just to spend some time this week like thinking, okay, where where am I at on that gauge? Am I in a healthy spot? Am I unhealthy? Are there some things in my life that maybe I just actually need to change, some habits? I know that that has helped me at different seasons. God, I pray just over, over this room, over every person, every adult that's in this room, every child that's in this building, God, and we pray that we would just be able to, uh, Lord, find a place of health. We know that, that, Lord, that you are our healer. God, and we always want to go to you first in every single one of these. Lord, and we pray even just right now, Lord, for a miraculous healing in this room. Lord, for a healing that, that anybody that may, maybe they have a, a, a diagnosed mental health disorder. God, we pray healing on the body, on the brain. Lord, we pray healing over all of us. God, we also pray that we would be able to to come together as a church and walk through this in a way that that we can focus on you. God, that we can look to your word for some answers. God, that we can have a, a greater understanding of what it is that we are dealing with. Lord, and we can move closer to you. God, that every single day we can just move a little bit closer to you. It's not always one big, giant leap. God, sometimes we have to fight for these things, and we have to take these little steps, and it might even be two steps forward, one step back, or two steps forward, three steps back, and we just get up and we keep trying and we keep moving closer to you. God, and so we we just pray this over every single one of us, Lord. I pray that the next few weeks here, God, that you would guide us in this and that we would find a place of health. Lord, we ask this in your name.